Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you're here today. Today is the first part of a two-part podcast where we are talking about anxiety. Many of us are well aware that anxiety and depression data has shown a huge spike in recent years, and that's true with children and teenagers too. In this podcast, we would like to pull apart the difference between stress and anxiety and really focus on those of us with moderate struggles who maybe aren't even aware of how anxiety is playing a role in our daily lives. Well, if that's new to you, it was new to me too. Well, in order to have this conversation, I invited three of the Connected Families certified coaches to join me. Each of these women has experience and wisdom to share. They are all moms and each has a different story about how anxiety has shown up. The first guest I would like to introduce is Marnie Love. Marnie was just on a recent podcast that dropped a few weeks ago on homeschooling. She's a mom who homeschools her three boys. She also joins me on the Clubhouse app on various different topics on our Monday and Tuesday rooms. Welcome back, Marty. Thanks, Stacey. Glad to be here today. We're glad to have you too. Um, next, I would like to introduce Katie Wetzel. Katie has been a guest on the podcast too. We did an episode on shame together a while back. Katie is a mom of four, a pediatric nurse, former nurse practitioner, and she's also trained in space treatment that stands for supportive parenting for anxious childhood emotions. Welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. And last but not least, Taylor Irby, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that we finally got you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Taylor, like all these other ladies, is a certified Connected Families coach. She's has a background in education, and she and her family have lived overseas as missionaries in Europe. Taylor also joined me in the Connected Families clubhouse room every so often. So welcome, Taylor. Thanks. So glad to be here. You know, I wanted to start off because I just mentioned that you, Taylor, have been on a clubhouse in a few rooms with me. And I heard you say in one of those rooms, there's always an opportunity for anxiety because the world is uncertain and there's always opportunity to trust God. You know, I know that all three of you have really walked through hard and different journeys of anxiety. So I'm wondering if we could just start off the podcast with just like telling us a little bit about your story and how anxiety shows up in each of your lives. So Taylor, why don't you start? So I never really struggled with anxiety or even knew what it was until a certain event happened in my life that just kind of caused me to go down that road of uncertainty and not knowing how to respond. And so I kind of learned through the years of how to cope with that. But then my children started showing some signs and we have a generalized anxiety disorder in our family. We have ADHD, we have some other struggles. And so we see a lot of it showing up in our home. And currently like this week alone, we're coming into the end of the school year year, which means lots of activities with the kiddos. And on top of that, my husband is working closely involved with our organizations, working in Ukraine and Russia, living in, in Eastern European country that was affected by war for so long. It just kind of carries a certain weight in our family. And so we kind of see that in our sleep issues, either kids who want to sleep too much or kids that don't want to sleep at all because they're fearful. We have, you know, teens that want to talk late into the night. We have some 
big behaviors from some of our kids, lashing out at each other, picky eating. And so during times like this, it's really easy to just kind of blame defiance and kind of go this downward spiral of, oh gosh, I'm not doing enough for them or, oh gosh, they're so angry. And so it shows up in our home in different ways, but those are kind of the ways it's been showing up recently. Thank you for that. And I can just hear people in our audience just having questions and we're going to get to them and we're going to pull all of this apart. So Katie, let's move on to you. How is anxiety showing up in your life right now? So for me personally, I'm someone who loves a challenge, but what happens is anxiety sneaks up on me after the fact and uh, shows up and like perfectionism, kind of overanalyzing what I said or what I did after the fact. When it comes to my kids, we've had to deal with some sensory overwhelm, contamination fears, performance anxiety around social plans or homework and some food related anxieties. One of my kids gets really frantic and aggressive when he he's anxious, especially verbally. He used to also have trouble with stomach aches, which that's getting better. Another, he can barely talk. He's like the opposite. He can barely talk when he's anxious. He withdraws. He's our child that has OCD. So I might notice compulsions. And and for him, that shows up as touching things in multiples of three, which took us a while to figure out. But, But now I can see when he's doing that, something's up. And then my other two kids, they don't have any diagnoses, but I I find out that there's usually anxiety underneath it when they're having angry outbursts, particularly angry demands. or they may seek reassurance, or they may just avoid and usually just refusing to do something that seems really simple. And so that has come to find out a lot of times there's some anxiety underneath that. In the past, in my early parenting, anxiety really just kind of took over a whole house. It just spread like wildfire. But now that we've kind of learned what's going on and what to do about it, it's really become like a hopeful opportunity. And we've all learned and grown so much. And we enjoy celebrating how much we've learned and grown too. We have lots of great conversations about it. And best of all, though, I think my favorite thing is when I'm anxious or my kids are anxious, that we've learned how to love each other well through that and Mm. really learn to receive God's love and his promises. So good. And Marnie, tell us what's happening in your home on the anxiety front. I've kind of always dealt with anxiety my whole life. I didn't recognize it as anxiety. I kind of thought as a kid that I was maybe just shy or had like a low confidence. But, you know, as I got older, I think the anxiety kind of started to kick in even more when I became a mom, because there's just so much, you know, pressure that comes with that. And, you know, we kind of had some struggles with eczema and food allergies, and that can really ramp up anxiety in in parents, especially when the kids are little and you're kind of trying to keep them safe and keep them um, healthy. So I think that's probably when I noticed it really ramping up is when we started having children and there was just a lot more pressure for me to just you know, kind of keep everything going all the time. And, you know, definitely like with the lack of sleep and the hormone fluctuations, like all of those things really played into that for me. And then, you know, I think as we've progressed and my kids have gotten older and I've just learned more, one of my kiddos has ADHD, like I said, and his anxiety kind of manifests more as like an angry outburst. 
when he gets anxious about a basketball game or something coming up that he's unsure about. And I have one kiddo that really just needs to know the plan all the time and wants to know every detail and doesn't really feel comfortable until he knows all the details. And we've really been working with him to kind of be more go with the flow and, you know, kind of lessen that anxiety by, you know, just kind of preparing himself for anything that could happen. Cause we don't always know all the details. <laughs> it's impossible to know all the details and he's really grown in that area. So that's been exciting. And then um, I have another son that has some sensory processing issues that have kind of led to anxiety that looks a little bit different than the other two. And so that has been my, my, my big journey and my big growth and even learning more about my anxiety. And so just helping him to kind of deal with all of those really big emotions that put him into flight or fight pretty much all the time um, has been a really big lifelong journey for us. And so for us, I think particularly for me, just taking every thought captive and really trusting the Lord with each step. And really um, we've practiced memorizing scripture that has been really helpful for all, for us. My son's favorite is um, Psalm 23. And so that is something that, you know, has carried us through some of those times where anxiety kind of just takes over your body and your mind. And it's really the only thing that we can do to calm ourselves down. So that's kind of been my journey with anxiety and my family. Thanks for sharing with us how anxiety looks in your homes. And I, it might feel overwhelming to listeners at first, but I know that the reason that we wanted to start there is because it can look so different, can't it? And I, and I wanted to just start off with that because I think that there's a lot of questions around what exactly is anxiety. And I know, you know, we say I'm stressed out or kids, I don't, teenagers have a panic attack. I'm having a panic attack and it seems like it just comes out of their mouth really easily. But then I know there are kids who do have major panic attacks and maybe have to leave a restaurant. And so that's where I really want to kind of start our conversation is understanding, maybe I'll throw this one to you, Katie, as a medical professional, how do we define it? And how do we know how big of an issue it is? It sounds like in all of your homes, you have kids, some who are actually diagnosed and some who are not. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah. So anxiety is a system that all people have to alert them to danger, to help them avoid it. And when necessary to take the steps to escape it. So everybody experiences anxiety <laughs> and, and what it does is it activates the mind and the body, right? Because if there's a danger, we need to act. So it's not just a feeling or a thought, it's a full body experience. We suspect an anxiety disorder, something that is beyond normal when a person experiences exaggerated anxiety. So really big expression related to things or situations that don't actually pose a real threat. Or for some, the anxiety can actually come from internal sources. So worry, obsessive thoughts, panic attack. <laughs> and when there's no external trigger that we can kind of identify. So to put it simply, an anxiety disorder is or anxiety that is disordered <laughs> mm -hmm. is when we're over reading that threat and we're under reading our ability to handle it, to manage it. 
a lot of times we might overread a threat, but if we're confident, we face it and then we find out how big it is. But if we don't have that confidence, then we get debilitated and we get stuck. Everyone who experiences any level of anxiety tries to find ways to make them feel better. The difference with an anxiety disorder is that they need to do this more often and in less appropriate situations. So one thing you can kind of relate it to, to kind of get your head around it, because it's this intangible thing. We can't see it. We can only see the symptoms of it. We want to think of it like your skin. So someone who has eczema always has sensitive skin every day. They need to put lotion on. If they get a flare up, they might even need to see a doctor to get it under control. But if you don't have eczema, you might not even need more than just soap and water, (laughs) right? And you could still get a rash. And maybe it'll go away on its own. Maybe you need to see a medical professional for that particular rash. It's a severity for that time. You need extra help, but it's not an everyday management situation. Right. So if you feel like anxiety has ruled your life for a long time, if it feels like you need more help, it's not resolving. It doesn't hurt to seek a medical opinion and to see if it's in this disordered level to the point that you may need short-term or long-term treatment mm-hmm. where I can't tell you through a podcast <laughs> where yeah. you fall on that spectrum. You need to go to a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So then the rest of our podcast today and for our next episode, we're really going to be talking to the people who are not needing to go to the doctor. They're the ones who don't have eczema <laughs> to use your illustration. Right. Right, Katie. So then I'm asking the question, like, where does the threat come for those people? Where does the anxiety come from? Taylor, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I do. So as we know, anxiety can be a super scary feeling and all of that, it stems from what Katie was just talking about. And that's just an intolerance for uncertainty. And that can cause all those feelings that we associate with with anxiety of just being really uncomfortable with what's going to happen. I've been reading this book called Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, highly recommended. It's so good. But she was talking about how anxiety can be viewed as, as a state or a trait. And so I think it's really important to kind of see that difference and kind of understand like, okay, it's anxiety for me, a state, which is mean like a season of my life. Like, okay, I have a toddler and a newborn at the same time, or, okay, maybe I'm at a situation at work, which feels like it's a little bit too much for me, or maybe there's a relationship challenge, or maybe you're waiting on a callback from a doctor. All of these things can produce anxiety. And they're all kind of stemming from situations. And that means that although it's intense, it's probably going to be more temporary or it can change a little bit over time, depending on what happens next. And so this, this anxiety of this trait is something that's part of a person's personality and therefore a long-term characteristic showing up in behavior and actions and feelings. And so you can kind of just say like, okay, am I feeling anxious right now? Or am I an anxious personality? So I think it's also really important to understand that both states and traits can overlap and go together. And that we need to remember that some people may be predisposed to anxiety over others. And so, you know, some of these people may react differently to the same situation, but going back to your question in all these cases, it goes back to one contributing factor and that's that discomfort with uncertainty. So that makes me want to ask the question, is there a difference between anxiety and fear? Because yeah. isn't it just being afraid of the, what's happening at the time? Right. 
Right. And so the big difference between anxiety and fear is really in your time orientation. So when we talk about anxiety, the, it's the threat of the future. Like what's going to happen? Will I be okay? Can I handle this? How can we do this? And all of these kind of, this kind of like thoughts toward this. But when you're discussing fear, the threat is in the now it's in the present. It's short lasting. It kind of sends us into higher alert into response. Katie mentioned before protection for what's going to happen. And so I have a, I can always say that I have a fear of flying, but really I have anxiety around flying. The fear shows up when I'm in the air in turbulence. <laughs> it's that high alert setting my body kind of into the sense of fear. So I think it's super important that although these are uncomfortable feelings, we just kind of need to look at it. as kind of like when we're in a car and a check engine light comes on, <laughs> we wouldn't just ignore that or else it has damage to our car over time. But it's really just kind of asking ourselves, okay, what's really going on under the surface and helps unpack and learn more from them. Yeah. Well, I like that analogy. That's good. The check engine light. And so, yeah, those are all the feelings. And actually a lot of those are the symptoms. The check engine light is a lot of the symptoms that the three of you all described in the very beginning of, of the things that were happening in your home. So that's really good. I want to ask Marnie a question. Marnie, I think you have gone through the Grace and Truth for Moms course that Lynn, co-founder of Connected Families Row, we love that course. She she talks about toxic half-truths. And these are things that have a little bit of truth, things that have happened, a little bit of truth, but we but we put a little bit of lie in them and then we want to believe them. And they're like, we just use them as hammers over our head. You know, I'm just not a good enough mom. I'm never going to be enough for this family or, you know, things like that. And, and actually in last week's podcast, I did one with Lynn about trash truth or treasure, this amazing tool that we can use to kind of filter really quickly the things that we're thinking about. But here's my question to you, Marty, because in the context of this topic of anxiety, would you say that the root cause of anxiety is believing those toxic half-truths or, or really believing garbage? Now, I feel like maybe Taylor and Katie have said no, but from a, I don't know, what's your thoughts, Marnie? Well, I would say that I think believing toxic calf troops can definitely play a role in anxiety. I'm not sure about root cause, okay. but, but for me, it was huge for me. The grace and truth for mom's course is life-changing. I will tell you, I would tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is definitely something that I struggled with my whole life. I used to really trash talk myself, berating myself for not being good enough at fill in the blank. It didn't matter what it was. I was never good enough at it. And, you know, as a mom, that's really, that's really toxic. It's toxic for your family. It's toxic for yourself. So I've done a lot of work around that topic. And I've been really practicing bringing every thought captive, bringing every thought to the obedience of God. And what does God say about me? So that's the grace and truth for moms course really teaches you how to do that. Mm -hmm. What does he say about me? He says, I'm his child. He says, I'm holy and dearly loved. Mm -hmm. he says, I'm created for a purpose. Yeah. And he takes great delight in me. I'll never leave me or forsake me. He's my rock and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that is like my go-to many times a day. <laughs> so <Yeah. amen. laughs> I get emotional when I like, because it was such a, it had such a hold on me, especially when I was a young mom. 
and just not thinking that I was doing enough. You know, I'm a homeschool mom. So there's a lot there for me to be anxious about, not just parenting and especially parenting kids with, with divergent thinking and different, you know, things that I needed to address. The eczema was a really big deal in our life. I mean, lotioning like every hour on the hour, like it was a big load for me to carry. And so I just never felt like I was doing enough or good enough. And bringing every thought captive has really just flipped that around for me that I don't have to be enough. I'm not supposed to be enough that in my weakness, that's where the Lord's strength comes in. And I'm supposed to rely on him. I'm not supposed to be doing all these things in my own strength. So I think that's what the grace and truth for mom's course really helped me to just let it go. I've done a lot of work um, in my faith walk, in my prayer life, and, you know, just bringing everything to the feet of Jesus has been like life-changing for me. So I wouldn't say that that was the cure-all for my anxiety because I still have, it still comes up, but when it comes up, Mm -hmm. now I can say, wait a minute, that's a toxic thought. That's trash. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to believe that. That's a lie from the enemy that I don't have to take and hold on to. So I think that has been really, you know, the best, that is like the best course (laughs) for people struggle, you know, like I did with those kind of thoughts. So I'm seeing everyone's head nodding about that course and we, we do really love it. So your answer was really good. So toxic lies, toxic captures are not necessarily the root cause. We've mentioned other ones. You can be kind of predisposed to it with your personality. There are, you know, other reasons someone might have anxiety, but We can take those thoughts captive and we love grace and truth because it helps us to, to have tools of how to do that. And even, Hey, go back to our last podcast, trash, truth, treasure. That's a fantastic tool to know how to use that verse. Take every thought captive. Thank you, Marty. We all are just having a holy amen rising in our souls as we heard your story and the freedom that you have come to as a mom, because I know that that freedom has influenced how you have parented and how you've been able to teach your children to walk through their own anxiety. And that's what we're going to get to after the break. Hey mom, do you find yourself feeling angry or struggling with negative and hopeless thoughts? We all have at one time or another. I certainly have. Here at Connected Families, we have a five session online course that will encourage you with hopeful truth. The course is called Grace and Truth for Moms, and it's a core teaching that comes out of the first level of the Connected Families framework. You are safe with me. The course is presented by Lynn Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, and covers these topics. What is the real truth about me, about my kids, how to hold on to truth even in hard times? Grace and Truth for Mom was made for small groups. Even just you and a friend or a larger group of 10 to 15, you decide. But when you register your group, you'll have immediate access to all the online videos for the course. The course takes little to no preparation. You just press play and Feel God's grace. Lori, mom of three, said this after she went through the course. God spoke to my heart and showed me how I have subconsciously been believing lies that I had to be some sort of perfect parent. I wanted to let go of that goal and just rest in the truth that I'm doing my best and will never be perfect, but Jesus is perfect. 
I hope you registered today. All the information about Grace and Truth for Moms online course is in our show notes or go to connectedfamilies.org. Okay, we're back after the break and we're having a great conversation with Marnie, Katie, and Taylor. We're talking about anxiety today. And I want to bring us to the perspective of parents. We've talked about just anxiety in our own lives a little bit in the first half. So as a parent, how can we untangle if anxiety is showing up in our home? We're seeing these signs. Ladies, you mentioned all sorts of things that honestly kind of overwhelmed me at the beginning. And I thought, I don't know if that was showing up in my house, if I would notice it. One of them was defiance. You, you A few of you mentioned that. And so, Katie, I wonder, can you just help a parent untangle that, unpack that? What are signs and why? So one of the factors is going to be based on age. There are some normal periods of anxiety that are expected and some things that aren't. So it's always helpful to check with your pediatrician when you're doing checkups. And so it can look different based on age. And of course, we have different language and ability, (laughs) different ages. Personality will make it look a little bit different. Your physiology, how your body's wired, what you're prone to, past experiences. A lot of us have kids who have experienced trauma. And then the other question is, when is it functional? When is it dysfunctional? Like we said, anxiety is a normal human emotion. So there's times where our kids may overcome it and use it. So if a kid is anxious about doing well on a test and then they study and get a good night's sleep and really focus, then that was functional. They were able to analyze the situation and make a plan to face what they were afraid of. But if my kid is so anxious about the test that they can't focus while they study, that they stay up all night and don't sleep, and then they just blank out and freeze during the test, that's dysfunctional. So it's helpful to consider kind of the different parts. Like I mentioned before, anxiety is a mind and body experience. So it shows up in our thoughts. Our thoughts really help us focus on the problem at hand. They help us analyze the situation, all the different factors at play. The sensory experience is part of that, how we gather information from our environment and then planning. What am I capable of? With kids, especially young kids, they really look to parents to help them do this. As they get older, they have more ability to do those assessments and planning on their own, but initially they're really looking to parents to help them analyze and plan. Emotions help motivate us to pay attention and to help us respond. And so that might be overwhelm. It might be the kind of classic scared look. It could be anger because anger kind of makes us feel powerful and and less vulnerable in the face of what we're afraid of. Another thing that can show up is in their body. So their heart will beat faster. They might have increased breathing or shallow breathing. We have muscle activation. And so you can get some like tension in your body. Your shoulders might raise up. All of this is to kind of get the body ready to respond. There's a potential danger. Our body needs to be ready because maybe we need to escape. What can happen though, if this is exaggerated or chronic, kids can have headaches, stomach aches. They can have a lot of other symptoms that go along with just those temporary things. And then lastly, behavior, which is what we kind of led with. (laughs) And our behavior is trying to secure ourselves in the face of that danger. And so in order to make ourselves safe, we might be really compliant. So we might have rituals we do that make us feel safe. We might overachieve. 
we might check. And so checking once is a pretty normal way to handle anxiety, but checking two, three, four, five, six times, it's not giving us that resolution. And then kids with OCD will have all kinds of different compulsions they might do to get some relief. It can show up as aggression. So aggression is saying, I'm going to make myself safe, right? And so that's when my kids even give me those angry demands. You have to do this to make me feel safe right? They're not cooperating, really. They're relying on themselves. And then withdrawal. So this is just escaping, just getting away. So I'm not going to do that thing because it feels threatening because I'm afraid of how it might feel. I'm afraid that I won't be able to do it, that I won't be successful. So like fear of failure might be under withdrawal. So those are some of the behaviors. Again, there's a lot of other reasons we might have those behaviors, but it's possible that anxiety might be driving them. Okay, Katie, you just gave us a lot, a lot, a lot of symptoms, a lot of things we could look out for in our homes, our kids' thoughts, our kids' emotions, their body and how their body is reacting behavior. But I have to ask you a follow-up question. Like, I think that so many times as parents, you know, we're told not to compare our kids to others, right? That's not healthy. And yet, then what is normal? So isn't it normal to have a child who's kind of defiant sometimes or withdraws sometimes or, you know, doesn't want to take the test and so just gets really aggressive about it and, you know, and pushes back. So help me as a parent get through some of that to really know, is there something deeper? Is it a, is it a more chronic anxiety problem? So this is where, again, I think it's helpful to, to check with a professional. In one way, it doesn't matter because it's what's normal for your child. So in one way, you know, you're going to walk through the same steps of making sure you're not bringing your own anxiety and then really looking at what's going on in your child and understanding who they are in this moment, how God made them. Yeah. As you're looking that deeper into it, you need more help. You're just not finding the understanding. You're not able to put those pieces together. That's where a professional might help. Or you do understand and you're not finding success. The anxiety is getting worse, not better. Another great time to ask for help. So every parent is different. What they already know, what gifts they have, and what one mom is able to work through with her child, another mom may need a totally different plan. Thank you for that. I think, you know, we're coming, to the end of our podcast, we have about, you know, 10 minutes left and I'd like to throw it to Taylor and Marty. And so I would love to hear just more about your journey with it and how you've worked through it and come come to some success. Is that the word you would use? Some freedom. Maybe that's a better word. Taylor, why don't you start? Because I I hear that you have found a tool called the window of tolerance that's been really useful for you. Yeah. So the idea of the window of tolerance was developed by Dr. Daniel Siegel. And he just talks about this idea of, you can can picture a window in your house. So this rectangular space, and you can picture a line in the middle of it. That's horizontal. That's kind of like representing when our brains and our bodies are in this place where we feel safe and we feel energized. There's, there's enough tension. We're not too bored. We don't have too much challenge. We're just kind of right riding that wave. And that's when our brains are open and ready to learn and we're, we have energy and we're just 
really in an optimal space. But what happens when some things are happening in our lives that might make that line raise a little bit? (laughs) So let's say I woke up one day a little bit too late and then I had to get my children up for school and they were reluctant to get out of bed. And so my anxieties raise a little bit higher. And then I get them to school and I hit every single red light and it's raining. So there's traffic and I'm I'm late. (laughs) Everything is going wrong. Everything happens at once. And then finally at the end of the day, I'm cooking dinner and I forgot a key ingredient and kids are bickering and husband walks in and yeah. says, what time is dinner served? Uh, I might snap, right? That question. Like, I, I didn't snap out of nowhere. I'm not this angry wife. I'm not this angry mom. It just happened to be that my stress has overcome my window of tolerance and I have to bring it back down. And that's called hyper arousal. But you know, on the flip side, it can also go down. So let's say I'm recovering from an illness, but I'm ready to engage in the, with, with the world again. And I woke up and I'm still just feeling tired. And you know, the, the tasks that have mounted since the last time I engaged in the world are just a lot. And then my house is kind of a wreck. And then I look out the window and it's cold and rainy and I just don't, I just can't get out of bed. Like almost getting a bit almost feels painful. You know, that, that state is called hypo arousal. And so it's just really important to kind of understand, you know, where we are in that window to kind of help ourselves get back to that optimal space. I love that. So it's kind of a tool that forces me to ask myself, what's going on in me? Where am I at right now? Where am I at in the day? What's been happening? How am I, how am I doing? Right. That's really good. Okay. So once you, once you use that tool, the window of tolerance and you're like, okay, this is where I'm at. What do you do then? Do you have some tools? Yeah. And so, I mean, it really first starts with that self-awareness piece that what's going on inside me, which is what we talk about over and over in the framework. I feel like it's a question we're never going to graduate from, right? That's right. So we're looking at, okay, if I am in a hyper arousal state, meaning my window of tolerance has just busted out the top and I'm snapping, you know, I might be fidgety. I might feel this surge to just this rage it's really important to do things that use our big muscles. This could be going on a run, doing some jumping jacks, trying to do some push-ups. not so good at that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Rearranging furniture, even having a dance party with your children, that thinking putty or fidget spinners. Those are really great tools to help release some of that energy so that we can bring our stress level, anxiety level back to an optimal state, or at least under that window a little bit. But if you are identifying more with the hypo arousal, the way to bring that up is doing things that actually would signal in your mind, oh, that calms me down, but it actually does bring you back up. So this is things like a hot cup of tea, a hot shower, weighted blankets, essential oils, walk around the block. These things just, they're just enough to kind of help bring you back up. Another thing that I really love to think about in Deuteronomy 6, 5, we talk about, you know, the, the Bible talks about the greatest commandment, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So taking it into those four categories of of your emotional, your your spiritual, your mental, and your physical, and just trying things that fill those buckets because those buckets are being depleted all the time. Right. And so if I can think about things that check off a lot of those buckets, that kind of helps me stay back in my window. So good, Taylor. I love that filling those buckets. And I, I like the, I like the window of tolerance. That's really good too. It's great to have these quick little visuals that just help us get a handle on what's going on in me at the time. Marnie, what has learning to break free from anxiety looked like in your life? I know you spoke about the grace and truth for moms, but I'm I'm interested in kind of the daily tools that you use and what that looks like. 
Yeah, um, I've done a lot of work in this area because I think, especially as a homeschooling mom, I would put myself on the back burner a lot and that would only, you know, raise my anxiety throughout the day. So it really didn't do me any favors, sure didn't do my family any favors. So I got really clear on what I needed. So sleep is something that I need. So if that means that I need to go to bed earlier, then I do that. I also, I know I've talked about this before, but I had to switch to decaf coffee because um, a lot of times people that deal with anxiety, like that caffeine, that stimulant only makes it worse. And so that's something that I had to recognize. And then I have a, a, you know, a spiritual practice, obviously every day that, you know, just that time with the Lord, I have a little journal that I keep special verses that um, I kind of have it tabbed with when I'm feeling, feeling fearful, when I'm feeling, well, you know, I need a little boost of confidence and and I just go to that because sometimes when, like Taylor was saying, like when I'm kind of, you know, heightened, it's hard for me to recall things in my head. So I just have this journal that I can pull out and just remind myself of God's truth. And then, you know, like Taylor was saying, the self-care practices. So for me, that looks like a quick workout every morning and sometimes, you know, an, an additional walk in the afternoon just to kind of get myself centered again. So really just like taking care of myself. I used to think of that as kind of a selfish thing to to do or like something that I could put off because all the other needs of my family came first, but it really didn't help me. And it didn't help my family because I was just more anxious. And then I tended to go to more of the hyper, <laughs> what Taylor was talking about and explode all over my people, which is mm. the last thing I really wanted to do. And then I would go to bed at night and berate myself for doing that. So really being proactive, I think is what has helped me so much in kind of keeping my anxiety and my stress levels down so that I can show up to be the best mom and homeschool mama to my to my boys. Being proactive. That's what Taylor was talking about too in her list of practices, running and push-ups and all the things. So I, you know, I, I'm guessing it's different for everyone. It's checking in with yourself and and figuring out, you know, how am I doing right now and what do I need to be, yeah, the mom that I want to be. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah. And I think kind of understanding too, like if you identify more with hyper or with hypo and keeping a list of things that work for you and that help you, because when you're in those states, especially way outside your window, one way or the other, it's really hard to access that part of your brain that reasons and thinks, and it might be hard to think about what works for me. But if you have kind of a list you know, pin up in your closet or wherever it is where you can see it, then it kind of kind of help you do the things that you need to help yourself get in a better place. Having a list, that's really good. And then Marnie talked about routines, just her getting up every morning. She just knows what she needs. She needs to do that for herself to set herself up for success. And that's good. And I know Marnie, you mentioned it's to be a good mom, but it's for you, isn't it? It is for us first. And then it's to be able to give and to do the things that God has called us to do. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here today. We're going to continue the conversation and we want to talk in our next episode about our kids. How can we as parents help our kids come to clarity and, and hope? And that's what we want for them. So thanks so much for being with me today, everyone. Thanks, Stacey. Thanks, Stacey, for having us. Thanks, Stacey.
Thanks for tuning in, friends. Go to our show notes to find more information about Grace and Truth for Moms, the online course that you could start with a friend today. Also on the show notes, you will find contact information for the three coaches that were my guests today. While you are there, would you please rate and review so others can find us more easily? And if this podcast has been helpful, consider sharing it with a friend. For more information, go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time. Oh,